Hi everyone, welcome back to Invested, where we talk about wealth as being more than just money. Our partners Paul Rand, Joel Rand, and Sarah Minikari will bring in guests and industry thought leaders to chat about meaningful topics on personal finances, health and wellness, ideas for your business, tax planning, and other key issues that impact our lives and our livelihood. So thank you for joining us, and we hope you find our discussions not only practical and educational, but maybe sometimes a little thought-provoking. With that, let's get to the episode. On today's episode of Invested, our special guest is Mike Gola, Director of Strategic Accounts at BizEquity. During our conversation, we'll discuss the importance of knowing the value of your business and how that impacts so many facets of a business owner's life, some of which may surprise you. BizEquity is the world's largest provider of business valuations, having valued over 33 million private businesses globally. And the firm is a strategic partner of ours and has helped us provide valuable insight for our clients in developing long-term planning around their businesses. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Mike Gola of BizEquity. So here we are with Mike Gola, who is Director of Strategic Accounts at BizEquity. Uh, Biz Equity is a firm that we have partnered with to help some of our business owners help with valuations and determining uh, what their business is worth and where they are now and where they're going and some of the steps that we can help business owners with if they're looking at exit strategies or they're looking at protection strategies for either their business and their family. So I just wanted to say hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me, Paul. Glad to be here. <laughs> you bet. Uh, why don't you give us a, just a quick overview of biz, biz equity, how you guys work, yeah. and some of the things that, that go on? Yeah, totally. So we've uh, we've been around now for for about ten years, um, and essentially ten years ago, we set out, and it, it continues to be our mission today to help business owners know and understand the, the values of their businesses. And uh, essentially, what we've done is we've created a, a platform, a tool. Uh, that we put in the hands of folks like yourself, where you can provide real-time valuations to uh, to business owners, and, and they don't have to go through a fifteen thousand dollar two month process. They can do it pretty much at a you know essentially a snap of a finger, and then from there, uh, once they know the value, they they work with good folks like yourself, and, and and from there they can plan around that valuation. We've long said, you know, how can you plan effectively if you don't know the value of of many times the largest asset. Um, and so that has been our mission from the start and, and continues to be today is, is just helping get that knowledge out there. Yeah, I, I think that's, you know, it's fantastic because a lot of times when we're to- doing planning for clients and especially small business owners where this is a heavy concentration of their net worth, right? Yeah. And if, if we're doing planning for them and you don't know what the heaviest concentration of your net worth is. If you don't know what that value is, that makes it challenging to find out, hey, where are we now? Where do I want to go? And then how do we get there? So that's right. That's great. Exactly. Yep. We work with a lot of CPAs as well, and they also do business valuations. Mm -hmm. And many times that we talk to them about this process, we explain to them, hey, this is not necessarily a replacement for doing a full-blown business valuation. Can you talk a little bit about how it's how this works in the whole strategy? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the traditional business valuation, what what, what the industry calls a certified report. Yeah. Um, you know, with those, there's times when those are going to be absolutely necessary. You know, usually when when the IRS. Um, would need a, a certified appraisal. We actually have a team of, of folks inside. Our, our chief valuation officer, Scott Gabehart, 
who we call him the guru. He's the gentleman responsible pretty much for our entire platform. He does those um, as well. And there are times when they're necessary. Where our reports are going to come in, they're going to give folks an understanding of their value. Um, not, not, not getting too deep in terms of the analysis of the business, like a certified report or generally certified reports are 50 to 150 pages. Um, ours is, is, is still a comprehensive 29 page report. Um, but, but ours is not meant to be a replacement for that by any means. So we, to your point, we hear it a lot where there's, um, you know, certified valuation analysts or CPAs that, that do the full certified appraisals, but, um, they, they also are, are users of biz equity as well, because it'll give them kind of a snap of a finger give them that valuation um, relatively quickly and, and inexpensively and, and still give them a pretty darn good, um, you know, accurate valuation of their business. Yeah. And I think that's great because when we're talking to business owners and they've looked at maybe doing a business valuation in the past and had somebody say, yeah, oh, for $15,000, $20,000, we can tell you, we can go through this and a heavy review of all of your books and going through that. And this is not that. This is it's not. much easier, much less painful it and, is and a quicker turnaround time. It is, yeah, and, and the statistic we we talk about probably ad nauseum, but it is ninety eight percent of of business owners in the U.S. don't don't know their value, right. uh, and that's why it, it's because the traditional process is is really expensive and it is time consuming and it's it's done offline, so it can be somewhat intrusive. And and you know, ours is more the way I like to think about it is using biz equity is, is more of a a proactive valuation approach, meaning. People can get their value now and plan around that value. When you need a certified valuation, that's generally something that's reactive and event is triggering the need for that. And that's why people aren't going to pay a lot of money to get a certified valuation done if they don't necessarily need it. And that's, that's where we kind of pair pretty nicely with it. Right. So, and if I'm a small business owner and I'm thinking about this and, I, and I'm now starting to realize, and we'll go through some of the rationales for wanting to go through this process, but now I've decided, okay, this is a good idea for me. How intrusive is this? What's the information? How much information do I need to get? How long does this take? How do I get the information? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's, yeah, there, there's a few different, few different ways to gather and, and get the information necessary for the valuation. There's 29 total inputs. So, it's, it's not that much. It's, it's surprisingly, um, surprisingly pretty simple. Now, what's going on behind the scenes is, is naturally a more complicated uh, you know, set, of, set of math going on. But really what we need is, is generally a tax form. Um, we can get it done that way. Um, the, the system itself, is, as you probably know, will let you know where on the tax form you'll find all the financial input. So it's um, income section, asset section, liabilities. And that can be filled out really three ways. One, as I mentioned, with the tax form, you can, of course, use any financial statements to gather the info. But the platform itself also has a, what we call a delegate button. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can essentially delegate or send a smart link out to a third party. That can be anyone. And then they can fill out the info. So you had talked about it earlier, CPAs. A lot of times, um, you know, advisors who are biz equity users will loop in the CPA to get involved in the process. And, and what it tends to do is, is create these nice natural ecosystems where everyone's working to the benefit of the business owner. You send out that link, the CPA fills it out, and then whoever you being the user, you generate your report. So it's really, you know, maybe I'm biased, but it's really not too intrusive at all. It's really just a matter of saying, hey, can I get your income statement of the last year to three years? We can go up to four, but usually a year to three years or tax return. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. The more, the more information, the better, but it doesn't have to go crazy back. I don't need 10 years worth of returns and right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and we've done business valuations and some people say, Hey, my bookkeeper has all that stuff. And we've done the connection with the bookkeeper. Some of it's been my accountant, some of it's been the actual business owner. And, and then with some larger companies, it's been the CFO, uh, but it could be anybody that has access to the numbers and could provide that. Right. right. Exactly. Yep. And that's usually, uh, you know, the business owner usually lets you know, Hey, send it to, the, to this person. Could be someone in the organization with CPA, someone else, but it's, uh, makes makes the process a little easier. Yeah. So um, in going through that, there, and when I look at this, there are, hey, here are all the things I can use to scare you into getting a business evaluation. Here are all the, are all the benefits of, of having that. Just talking about the, you know, some of the scary situations and, mm -hmm. and, you know, tell us about some of the things that you've seen, like, what are some of the risks of not having a good idea of, of the value of your business? Yeah, probably the, the number one, um, you know, quote unquote, horror story that, I, that I've seen in my four years here at Biz Equity are those situations where something unfortunate, unforeseen happens to the business owner and they didn't have you know, a buy, sell, or key man um, a plan in place. And that actually, um, within the platform itself, as you know, we have an insurance report that we produce. Yeah. The reason our team developed the insurance report was actually uh, a close friend of our, our, our founder that actually happened to, to one of their clients. And, and we thought, you know, it, it would be really helpful because it tends to be the next natural conversation, right? And after you deliver evaluation is to say, let's just make sure you have, um, you have proper insurance in place. And so right. that's where that report comes in. And that is, you know, I hate to try to try to scare people, but that is the one where, and those are, those are not fun stories um, yeah. when, when, when that happens. So we have that insurance report. I'd say that's the number one, um, you know, if people are asking what's a reason to get evaluation yeah. aside from just valuing. So, right? And, and just yeah. to back up for a second, for those that Please. may not know about a buy-sell agreement or a key person. So mm -hmm. in a buy-sell agreement, we'll take them kind of one at a time. Yeah. In a sure. buy-sell agreement, maybe we have multiple owners of an entity, right? And, um, and each of those owners, they may or may not have the same percentage interest. But the question becomes, if there is an exit of a single partner or a single owner, what is the agreement that's in place to determine what is the value of that partner's ownership at the time of exit, right? So one part of that is, hey, we all got to agree that if somebody decides to leave or if something unfortunate happens to a single partner, how do we value what their share is, right? So part of it is the mechanism of how do we come to the value, which Obviously, this this is uh, this plays right into that, and then right. the question then the question becomes: All right, well, how do we deal with that? I mean, certainly, if somebody decides to leave voluntarily, you want to have an agreement in place to say, here's how here's how it's going to work once we come to the valuation. But if somebody leaves unexpectedly and something happens, then you want to have possibly some insurance in place. So imagine a scenario where, hey, like like our business where we have three partners something happens to me. And as much as my partners adore my wife, they, they may not want to be in business with her. So we have to have an agreement where my estate gets some value for my ownership of the business, right? right. Anything else on the, on the sort of buy-sell that you want to touch on? No, I think that's, um, I think that's pretty good. I, okay. I, I just think, you know, that's, that's the one, that's the one, man, that the story that I hear, you know, unfortunately, um, probably too often um, right. where they're, they're, they're not, they're not fun. They're yeah. not fun because it's, it's usually something 
um, you know, unforeseen and unfortunate that happens. And then people left with, with nothing in place to protect. And it's yeah. just not, it's not good. It's not. And good. then, and then key person likewise, Hey, mm-hmm. I either the owner or maybe another key person in the organization, mm-hmm. something happens to them and the insurance part of that can provide liquidity so that you can go out and hire so hopefully hire somebody to replace that person because it's not easy and certainly having a lump sum of cash can can help with that process and either whether exactly. it's a bonus or whatever the case might be right right exactly okay great um and going back to the the buy sell agreement um there i mean there are multiple ways so say we're in a relationship with, you know, there are multiple partners or, you know, two or three partners in, a, in an entity. Uh, we've agreed that, hey, if we, we've, we've hammered out the process of if one of us decides to leave, this is how it's done. But there are multiple ways of valuing a business, right? So right. Can you talk about a few of the different ways that they might go about just getting a, a, getting a value for the business. Yeah, you're referring to the like within our report, the four different yep, yep, conclusions. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, so like you said, in valuation, there's there's many different ways to value a business, and ultimately, what we mean by a, a, a conclusion of value is a term we use a lot, and that's essentially the types of valuations you can do, and ultimately means how someone would ultimately sell the business, right? So, within our report, we give four different conclusions of value. So, we have the asset sale value. Uh, the equity value, the enterprise value, and then the liquidation value. Um, each one of those is going to be relevant, again, based on how the business is going to be sold ultimately. Nine times out of 10, it's it's the asset sale and the equity sale, which are going to be relevant to most business owners in the, in the US. Um, enterprise value, that's going to be for larger companies, usually over 150 employees is kind of that uh, the benchmark there. And then liquidation value, that's what we call a, a fire sale uh, right. valuation calculation, right? That's that's there. We, we got the question a lot, why do we put that in our reports? Because sometimes it can be a negative number. And it's really, it's there more as a kind of a precautionary type of valuation calculation, meaning you can say to someone, look, if, if, you're, if your liquidation value is very low or, or perhaps in the negative, maybe let's take some, some steps here to, to, to get that above water so that if something unfortunate does happen, you're not stuck here with no value or, or a negative value, right? Um, and then back to the asset sale and equity sale again. Those are nine times out of 10. Those are what are going to be most relevant and how businesses are sold. And an equity sale, if think, think of that as like a stock sale, right? And then an asset sale would be all of the assets um, with, within the company itself, um, t- simply put. Um, and so those reports that you deliver, they have, they have all four of those um, in each and every one of those reports. So what are, you know, just um, to, for clarification, what are some of the scenarios where it may be a, a negative value in that liquidation? For example, the one we see most often is um, outstanding loans. So yep. if, there's, if there's outstanding loans or um, there, there's some pretty substantial debt, that, that's, where, that's where you're going to see those negative, uh, negative values in the liquidation side. And again, that's just one of those things where maybe, hey, let's, let's try to work it getting, not that people aren't trying to get rid of their debt, but um, maybe take some, some extra steps there just because it, it can be, it can be kind of alarming where you're looking at it and it's right. negative $400,000. So right. um, while, while we don't want to scare anyone, it, it, it certainly helps um, maybe get some steps in motion there to, uh, to, to get them in a better situation. Well, and that's certainly one of the main objectives of going through this process, right? Is because right. we want to sell 
when we want to sell, not when we have to, <laughs> when we have exactly. to. Exactly. And, and yeah. what are the scenarios where we can look at and say, well, if this, this, or this happens, then we would have to sell. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not a scenario where we would be, where we'd want right. to be. So, and that kind of bleeds into the whole estate planning strategy, right? So right. have the, you know, this is one of the things we work with our clients and going through and saying, okay, have we, have we done the what if scenario where something unfortunate happens and the primary owner of the business, now now we have a business, now what do we do? There's debt, do we plan for that debt? And then how, or if we have to, if there's nobody from the, the family or nobody else inside the business to step into those big shoes, we're gonna have to liquidate. And what's that process look like? So right. can you talk about some of the things that, you know, have, have you seen or some of the things that might help in that planning process? In, in terms of, uh, yeah, so, so with that, I mean, it, it goes back to what we talked about at the top of our conversation here in, in terms of understanding the value, you know, to kind of to, to backtrack there, the, the question we get, well, why, why would I need to know the value of my business if I'm yeah. not looking to sell? And, and that's the number one, the number one reason is, is, well, maybe number two, number one would be growing, growing the value right. of the business. But number two is, is being, is being prepared for, for, for unforeseen events. I mean, look at, look at what's happened the last you know, year and a half to, to small businesses with, with COVID going on. Absolutely. Um, a lot of, a lot of folks were not in, in a proper position um, for something like that. Now that's an extreme case, but again, it, 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 it helps to know the, the, just knowing the value of, of your largest asset. Imagine not knowing like, I'm so, again, I'm so ingrained in, in valuation now being here four years and like, it, it's crazy to think about a situation where you wouldn't know, but, but so many folks don't know. And, and, and again, it, it, it comes down to those unforeseen events um, that, that, you know, could, could, uh, knowing the value can help those situations much better. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing that we emphasize with our business owners is, and you mentioned, well, what if I don't want to sell right now? Right. Which is, which is fine. But there are all these other reasons to do a business valuation, at least have an idea of yeah. where you are and where you want to go, whether that's protection planning for the family, whether that's key person or buy sell, um, whether it's making sure the business has uh, errors and emissions, you know, enough, yeah. enough coverage, right, going through that right. part of the coverage analysis. Mm -hmm. But yep. I think the other thing, and, and obviously we're very planning driven in this you know, planning, planning, planning. But even if you don't want to sell today, you want to look at, well, if I'm here today and I know I want to sell at some point in the future, or if there's going to be some sort of liquidity event, right? What do I need to do to get myself in the best position possible between now and that point in time? Exactly. So whether that's two years out, three years out, 10 years out, you still want to look at where we are today, have somebody give you some feedback on, well, you know, if you really want to maximize the sale value of this, these are the things that we would address first, second, and third. And, and can you talk about, you know, the report points out a couple of things, right? Of, mm -hmm. hey, this is how you compare versus other companies in your industry. Can you talk a little bit about some of the, the points on that? Yeah. So we, within the report itself, aside from just delivering the value, I mentioned it's, yeah. a, it's a 29 page report. So what we also do for, again, those folks that aren't looking to sell today, right? They're, they're looking to grow the business. They're looking to plan. They're looking to protect. We have these 12, what we call key performance indicators. So essentially what it does is it lets the business know within their industry, 
how they fare against their industry peers. And it gives them a gauge of are they at, above, or below the industry averages. And it's things like return on equity, um, inventory turnover, uh, debt to equity ratio. So, so, so little levers that they can pull where they could say, you know, you get this report, here's eight areas where you're doing quite well. You're, you're above the industry average. And then here's four where you're not doing so well. And then you can, you can dial into those four particular areas and, and look at those as uh, uh, levers that you could pull to, to accelerate some growth and, and dive a little deeper, see where maybe there are some inefficiencies. Now that, um, I'd say usually on average, about 10 of those 12 key performance indicators are relevant in, in real life valuation cases. So usually we see on average about six of those um, are, are above the industry average and, and about three or four are, are below. So um, it, it, gives, it gives a really good opportunity to, to take a look under the hood, so to speak, in a few of those areas. And, um, and, and sometimes it can be pretty eye-opening. Businesses didn't even think of of, of, of certain aspects of their business that are performing inefficiently. Um, yeah. So it can be, a, can be a nice way to, to, to start that conversation. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that we find with um, business owners that do have an intent to sell someday, right? And, right. And maybe, and most of them really don't know. It's not, they're not drilled down to, it's going to be in no. year this, this year, it's going to be, right. right? And yeah, yeah. sometimes they base it on, when I'm ready, sometimes they yeah. base it on, hey, well, if I know I could sell it for this, then that gives me enough to feed and, you know, to, to meet all of my other goals that I want to meet in life. And, you know, that's kind of where we spend a lot of time talking to them about values and objectives and where do you want to be in life and what are, you know, what are your priorities apart from building this big thing that you've been working on your whole mm -hmm. life, right? Or, right. A, or a good part of your life. Mm -hmm. And then, so the valuation says, all right, realistically, and this, and this is another point I wanted to make sure we talked about too, because mm -hmm. people have an emotional attachment to their businesses and just like yeah. they do their, their homes, right? Right. right. And, and so I know what I, you know, what I think my home is worth, but I have to go out and actually have somebody come appraise it and tell me, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I know clients or, my, or even myself, we get our homes appraised and we look at that and go, no, my house is right. <laughs> way more than that. What are you doing? You know how much work I put into this? Mm -hmm. um, yep. And same thing yep. true to the business, right? Mm -hmm. Because we get very emotionally attached and we have, we think we have an idea of what it's worth, but it really takes a professional coming in, giving you some, some statistical feedback and right. with some benchmarks to it to say, hey, this is where you really are. But that gives us a starting point. And then right. we can talk about, hey, if I got to here, if I knew if I could sell it for X, and then we can relate that back to, hey, well, you told me if you could sell it for X and you wanted to go write your book or teach the class or do whatever it is, once we reach here, then we, then we can do it. All right. Absolutely. Yep. Right on. All right. Um, what else can we, can we cover that, uh, we didn't, we didn't touch on? Oh, you know, one of the things we, we talked about, it didn't talk about is, uh, different entities, whether it's S corps or LLCs. Can you talk about how, what role that plays in the valuation? Well, so, so those, the, the entities, our platform is designed, the, the type of entity doesn't, doesn't necessarily impact the value directly. Right. Um, what, what it does do, however, is based on the type of entity, the businesses, is we let you know what tax form you want to, you want to get to essentially help fill out the, the financial input. So for example, if it's an S corp, the platform will say, all right, this is an S corp form 1120 S is the associated tax form with it. So it's just, 
it's a nice way of, of making, again, that process, not, not too intrusive, pretty easy, pretty quick. Right. Um, but the types of entities don't necessarily impact the values, uh, directly. Okay. And then, you know, once we go through this process and, and so say we, Hey, we go through it, I get an idea of what my business is worth and now I can have, uh, you know, I can go back and address my other outstanding issues that we've been, you know, added to our punch list for the clients, whether that's the key person or whether that's the buy sell. Yep. Um, businesses change in value. Yeah. And, right. Sales go up, yep. sales go down, inventory amounts change, all of those things happen. What's it like an ideal time frame for how, how often should I go through this process? How, how often should it be done? Yeah. So, so that everyone's different in regards to how often they're, they're getting valuations done. One of the, one of the, in my opinion, the most powerful piece of our platform is that we will update the values of every company in our platform automatically. So okay. even if you, even if you didn't change um, an input, yeah. right? So let's say we put in 2020, 2019, 2018's info. Let's say the value is 4.2 million today. A year from now, you can jump in and it'll have a new value based on how different factors in the industry have impacted the value. And it'll show how it fluctuated over that last year. So there's, there's not necessarily a right or wrong answer in terms of how frequently. What I've seen as a best practice is um, usually every, every year, right? Um, folks will generate a new report and give it to the business owner and, and a lot of times pair it with maybe an annual review to say, hey, here's where your business was a year ago. Here's where it is today. And then here's, here's what happened over those last 12 months. Um, so it enables that, you know, as we're talking about planning and protecting, it enables that ongoing discussion and, and no pun intended, ongoing value add around valuation, right? Where, right. where th this is constantly being tracked and you don't even have to change anything. I mean, you, we do recommend putting in every year, putting in the new financials, but um, you'd see, you can see values sometimes change from, you know, a few days to a few, like every three days or so. Usually the swings are over, you know, over a couple of weeks, but um, it, it's pretty cool to see when you look back at, at, at how the values have fluctuated. Yeah. And, you know, one of the other things I, I was thinking about that um, uh, a lot of people may or may not know, and they're thinking about, okay, well, um, gosh, I have a, a dental practice, or I have a construction company, or I have, I'm an insurance agent. Um, will all of this stuff apply to me? So, you know, how, how do you handle different kinds of, of businesses? Yeah. So, so we have, you know, there's about 900 different industries that, that we're able to run, run valuations on. Um, and every one of them, you know, the, the industry, when you start evaluation, the most important piece of the puzzle is making sure you have the right industry code up front, because we're getting fed so much industry specific data, not to get too technical, but it's, it's so industry specific and industry, industry driven in terms of how we're calculating the values. That's, that's the most important piece of the puzzle. Now, when it comes down to you know, actual conversation, whether it's manufacturing versus a dental practice, we actually have a number of different white papers um, that, we, that our valuation team has rolled out to help. For example, one of them is on a dental practice um, and, and how, those, how those valuations um, you know, differ from maybe a physician's office versus um, a different type of uh, you know, medical practice. So um, we have tons of different content there. Um, I'm not sure if that's exactly what you're asking in terms of the the different industries, but um, again, it, it is it is the, the the valuation themselves are so industry specific that that's um that's a huge piece of the puzzle there. No, yeah, I, I think the main point I wanted to make is that 
with with this tool, we have mm-hmm. the capacity to be able to do pretty much any industry. It's not Correct. like, hey, this is only for doctors or this is only for a certain right. profession or, you know, it covers services, it covers manufacturing, it covers real estate, all, yeah. all of those yeah. kinds of things. In four years, I haven't had one time where we weren't able to um, we weren't able to run evaluation based on the industry. Really, the only time it wouldn't work is if it's a you know a really really new, not even an industry specific, um, but but more a very very new company that didn't didn't have much um, you know much revenue. It was really the only yeah. time it wouldn't work. I mean, I think I think this point two months ago, I think it was nine hundred and thirty seven industries um, we have in the platform, and we we usually add a couple more each year as new ones emerge, but. Um, yeah, that's another, you know, another nice aspect of the tool is that it goes across pretty much all, all of those industries. And then I know we talked about this before a little bit, but and forgive me, but I, I know you have some statistics and some information on the accuracy of the valuations when compared to other. Yeah. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, t- totally. So, so we, we talked earlier about the, the certified appraisal versus what our online valuation does, right? From a pure calculation and, and methodology standpoint, we're arriving at the results the same exact way. So a little background there, quick story is that our chief valuation officer, Scott Gabehart, he, as I mentioned, he does the certified appraisals. He's been doing them for 20, 25 years. He regularly works with the IRS um, on valuation type cases. And he essentially took his methodology that he's done for 25 years, and that's what runs our platform. And so every time we've had to get approval, you know, Hightower being one of them, we have to go through the old compliance gauntlet, right? And, and every time we do that, it's, we're usually compared, um, you know, they'll take X number of our valuations and compare them to, you know, offline valuations or what an investment bank might have valued. And we're usually falling within three to 5%, um, give or take, uh, compared to the offline valuation. Um, the biggest, the biggest benchmarking we had done was with KPMG. So before we even put the tool um, in people's hands to use with with business owners, KPMG uh, did some due diligence. It was on about ninety of our online valuations, and it was across all different industries. Um, and we fell within three to six percent uh, on on all of those. And again, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything better. Yeah. We're really arriving at the results from a mathematical standpoint. Very similar as to what the what the certified you know old fashioned way of doing it is. Okay, and yep. um, and I don't I know I could sit here we could talk about this stuff all day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I go we go deep deep deep. But I yep. um, from from a uh, a user standpoint from the end client mm-hmm. standpoint from right. the time I I engage and I start into this process to the time I get the final report. Obviously, what we do with the report. Is, is a whole different story. But from, from the time I, I start entering information to the time I get the mm-hmm. report back, what's that, what's that time frame look like? So I would say the, we, we like to say 29 inputs, 29 minutes. So if, 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 you, have okay. that, if you have that tax form, yeah. um, that you're generally going to be, I would argue with the tax forms, it's much less than that. Yeah. Um, I would say all in, you know, you take your initial meeting, the inputs, and then the, the follow-up meeting, I mean, you're looking at a, a couple hours max. I mean, yeah. you know, and, and it can even be, like I said, I mean, that input, that input could be, you know, 15 minutes, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and the nice thing is, as we touched on, there's, there's, there's a few different ways to gather and enter the info. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, you have to get the form and input or someone else um, you know, has to do it. You can, you can even spread that around. So sometimes you'll have, you know, you'll input the financials and then, you can delegate out, um, you know, some of the other inputs to you know, the CFO or, or perhaps the CPA getting involved in the process as well. 
Okay. And then um, the, the one last thing, hey, I'm a business owner. I'm about to turn over my financials. Um, mm -hmm. What do you guys do with this information? How, how do I, yeah. you know, what happens with that? Talk to me about the confidentiality. Yeah. So, so first and foremost, all, all biz equity employees were, were signed to NDAs. Um, so, so we're of course legally bound to not share any of that info, but from a, from a security and, and technology standpoint, um, anything that's input into our platform uh, is held privately and securely. So only you can access your companies. No one else can. And we're not, we're not using that information or, or sharing it in any way. Um, so that's one of the biggest pieces, like I talked about going through compliance. That's the biggest, um, you know, where we're under the microscope the most is from a security standpoint, because obviously it's very sensitive, sensitive information. But, um, you know, we, we, we have that all, all held privately and securely under multiple firewalls and, 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 you know, um, uh, antivirus and, and, and all that. So we're, we're more than protected, but from a pure, just information being held standpoint, not sharing or, or using that info, that's a question we get, we get time and time again. Okay, great. Yep. Again, I could keep you here all day, <laughs> and, I, and, I don't, and I don't want to make you stay here all day. But um, but hopefully we'll we'll get back together again, and we can do some follow up on on anything that we haven't covered already. Yeah, absolutely. If you'd like to do another session, I'd be I'd be happy to help, and uh, I'll send over some uh, based on what we talked about. I'll send over some materials that pair with uh, you know with with our conversation today. Great, I appreciate the time, Mike. Oh, anytime. Thank all you. Right. Thanks. Take a lot. care, Paul. All right, bye. So that's our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you found this topic interesting or useful, please let us know. Or if there are other topics you'd like us to address, let us know that too. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining us and thanks for being invested. The RAND Group is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not offered to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other data information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. The Rand Group and Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for the statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. The Rand Group and Hightower Advisors LLC assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the author and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.